From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. All over the United States this time of year in cities large and small, tuba players, professional and amateur, gather for tuba Christmas concerts. We've been dreaming of sharing a little slice of this tradition on the show for quite a few years now, and today is the day it finally comes true. The first tuba Christmas concert in the U.S. was organized by Harvey Phillips back in 1974. Mr. Phillips' goal was to get hundreds of tuba players together on the skating rink, at New York's Rockefeller Center as a way to pay tribute to his own tuba teacher, Mr. William Bell, whose birthday was Christmas Day. I think we all agree that this is a great idea, but not everybody thought so originally. It took a lot of convincing. Mr. Phillips, though, had success when he finally provided city leaders with unlisted telephone numbers of some of his musical friends, like Leonard Bernstein, Leopold Stokowski, Andre Kostelanitz, Morton Gold. After the city checked his references, they thought, okay, he's for real. They gave him free reign to plan the event, and thank goodness for that. BYU's Tuba Christmas concert is an annual event and has been for nearly 40 years. The concert boasts 50 players. We could not fit 50 tuba players and their instruments in our studio, but we have a small ambassador octet in studio. And on Euphonium today, David Larson, Ari Coleman, Leahona Axelson, and Max Dobson. Bass tuba, Nolan Harris, and faculty member Steve Call. Also on contrabass tuba, Steve... Uh, I mean, on contrabass tuba, Stephen Mills and Truman Welling. Let's start our concert with a pair of Christmas pieces, Adeste Fidelis and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen.
God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, and before that, Adeste Fidelis, performed in studio just now by eight tuba and euphonium players from Brigham Young University. This is a special tuba Christmas installment of Highway 89, and both of those pieces, along with others we'll hear next, arranged by American composer Alec Wilder for the very first tuba Christmas ever held at Rockefeller Center in New York City back in 1974. And I have to say, do not adjust the treble on your radio. There isn't <laughs> <That's any>. right. <laughs> well, not much, anyway. Steve Call is a music professor, teacher of tuba, among other things, here at Brigham Young University. This tradition at BYU, nearly 40 years, this can't have started very long after the original Rockefeller tuba Christmas. No, it didn't. Uh, it started, actually, in... Uh 1980 uh, in Salt Lake City with uh, myself and then a tubist with the Utah Symphony, Gene Picorni. Uh, we organized the first tuba Christmas in Utah. Do you remember how many people you had? We had about 50. Well, good. Yeah, and that, so, was, at the, that was at the Crossroads Mall, which is no longer there. That's an that acoustically <laughs> perfect environment. Yeah. Before. yeah. <laughs> how hard was it to get 50 players back then? Well, uh, we really beat the bushes, and, and we were very happy to have that many. Uh, the hardest part was convincing the mall management that 40 or 50 tubas would sound good and wouldn't disrupt their shop, send all their shoppers away. <laughs> send them fleeing with their packages. And then the next year, we won't go back to do it, and always the mall uh, manager has changed. Oh, so uh -huh. then we started doing it BYU at the Madsen Recital Hall. We could just set the schedule and do it every year and doing it as a, as a concert rather than background music for shoppers. Yeah, well, that is very nice. So I, I'm just curious, how do you rehearse when you're bringing in that many people? They, they can't all be in the same ensemble already. No, we, we rehearse for about an hour and a half before the concert. And most people are back for the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. So you send the music ahead of time. They, so they buy the little music book that has all the pieces we're going to play, and okay. they, they show up with their music books, and we, we rehearse a little bit and play. And then the concert's more of a variety of things. We have this the uh, BYU Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band perform some holiday favorites on the program, and we have some small ensembles play, plus the big mast ensemble. We had so many last year that they all wouldn't fit on the Madsen Recital Hall stage, so we had to put them <laughs> on the floor in front of the stage as well. I think that is so great. I can just imagine being in the room with that, that many big brass instruments. I mean, already here over in the corner of our studio, my glasses are vibrating. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a surprising sound for most people. They would think that it's going to be loud and brassy, mm -hmm. but more it's just mellow and engulfing. It's just a mm. very resonant, different kind of sound that most people well, never heard. Well, if you heard. ever record it, I, you could put that blurb on the back. Right. Mellow and engulfing Christmas. <laughs> That's right. In fact, my student group played for uh, an event a few years ago, and someone came up to me and said, you know, you guys ought to make a CD for the deaf. <laughs> I said, "What is that a is that an insult or what?" <laughs> but they said, "Yeah, because people who have lost their hearing, they lose the high end, and they can mm -hmm. still hear the low end, and so people who couldn't enjoy other music could really enjoy yeah. this more because they they can tune in on it, hear it, and feel we haven't it. done that yet. <laughs> music for the deaf." <laughs> well, let me ask about this: If you're going to get 50 players, you have some professional players and, yes. and very talented. Mm -hmm. How do you decide? You do you draw? from high schools, or how do you decide who's good enough to be in it? We, 
we have an audition. We give them a pulse, and if they have a pulse, they're good enough. Okay, <laughs> no, so we it's very, very selective. We accept all ages, all abilities. And we've had, like, seventh, eighth-grade kids. We even had, like, a fourth-grader come and play, and he was so cute with his little euphonium. And <laughs> it didn't matter whether he played all the right notes or not, you know. It, it's just a fun thing to participate in. Well, let's hear some more of this music. Let's have you uh, take your seat there. You have to give people a minute to pick up a tuba. It's not quite like pulling the piccolo out of their pocket. But we're going to hear uh, Deck the Halls and the First Noel, performed by eight members of what will be a 50-member group of Tuba Christmas here at BYU.
It's a tuba Christmas here at BYU Broadcasting. That was Deck the Halls, and before that, the first Noel, as you have never heard them before, unless you're one of the many people who attend your town's local tuba Christmas celebration. Yes, they do actually happen all over the U.S. this time of year, and BYU's annual event has been happening for 36 years with more than 50 tuba players from all over Utah. We have a representative eight in the studio today. I wish you could see them all in a circle holding all this silver and a little bit of gold glinting. It seems almost like a Christmas decoration to me. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. Leahona Axelson is a, unif- a euphonium player from Cedar City, Utah, and she's the principal euphonium player in BYU's Wind Symphony. Leahona, thank you for talking with us. Hey there. So my first comment is your t-shirt, which was really cool. You came walking in and it says... If I look quiet, it's because you haven't seen me with my euphonium. Yep, that's right. (laughs) You want to keep playing this. You want to do this professionally. Yes, definitely, definitely. So what kind of organization would you be headed for to do that? I'm interested in performing in a military band Mm. and being able to play counter melodies and and give free concerts to the public. That's really what I want to do is, is perform music that people want to listen to. So in the group here with the eight, uh, the part you're playing, the two of you on, is this sort of equivalent to soprano, alto, tenor, bass? Essentially, yes. And you're on the soprano part, we'd say, if this was a... Currently, I'm playing the second part, so I'm actually playing the alto part. Alto part. Well, I heard you've been playing in tuba Christmases even before you were here at BYU. Mm-hmm. So how did you hear about it and get involved? How did I? I don't even remember. I uh, was barely playing euphonium, and I went to my first tuba Christmas, uh, and my instrument was actually locked at the school, and I couldn't get it. Oh, and no. somebody, um, it was like a Christmas miracle to somehow get an <laughs> instrument, so that way I could play my first tuba Christmas with my euphonium. The euphonium Christmas miracle. I like mm-hmm. that. I like. So in Cedar City. It, it's not as warm as St. George. There is snow. No. It does get cold. And Indeed. we hear that sometimes those concerts, and you did some in your hometown, mm-hmm. are outdoors. Yes. So I'm picturing the scene in Christmas Story where they get the kid to lick the pole. You know, and his <laughs> yes. tongue is frozen. Essentially. Wait, is that what happens with your mouthpiece when well, you're out? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully you put your mouthpiece in your pocket to ah. keep it warm. But your fingers freeze. Um, when when I help with, because I help with Tuba Christmas in Cedar City, we shovel the snow off the stage. And then we when we set up, there's uh, we, we it, there's so much preparation to make sure that we're warm, like we have gloves. But then you have to, like, turn the pages. So we have to take the gloves <laughs> off. And, and it's, yes, it's very cold, but it, it's a whole experience. Well, that very first one back in Rockefeller Center with 300 players was on an ice rink, so we know they were cold. Yes. In fact, probably their feet were cold standing on uh, the ice. That sounds painful. I'm yes. glad. That, I'm glad that the, these sound like safety techniques to to keep your your mouthpiece in your yes. in your pocket to keep it that's, warm. That's a good wording for it. Yes. <laughs> well, let's have you take your place, Leona. We're going to hear another pair of pieces in just a minute. Just a fun tuba fact, because we know you're dying for these. The largest collection of tuba-related paraphernalia had over 2,200 items in it back in 2013. It's probably bigger now. All those items belong to a tuba player whose name might be familiar to some of our players today. He's very active in the tuba world, R. Winston Morris from Cookville, Tennessee. Forty years ago, he started collecting. He even has photos of his tuba stuff online. Quite impressive. If there's a tuba object out there, a Christmas ornament, a drawing, anything with a tuba, he's got it. So we're going to hear another pair now, a pair of pieces, Angels We Have Heard on High, followed by what sometimes for these concerts is called Joy Tuba World. Get it? But dun dun tss. 
But joy to the world. Here we go. Joy to the world, or joy tuba world, and before that, angels we have heard on high. This is a tuba and euphonium octet from BYU here today, performing a special tuba Christmas edition of the show. And I'm just going to let everybody know that our producer, Jackie Tateishi, has been dreaming of this for years. She's almost giddy over here. She's writing notes. I love this. <laughs> I'm liking it too. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. We're talking with Nolan Harris. He's nearing graduation here at BYU, currently a senior in the music performance program. When did you start playing tuba? started when I was about 12, 11 or 12. I was in seventh grade, middle school band. And so did you just sort of see the band and say, there, that's the one I want? Well, actually, um, when I was about four years old, I went to a Christmas concert by the Canadian Brass. Mm. And uh, I saw the tuba player, and he was out there spinning his horn around, and <laughs> almost doing gymnastics with his horn. And I saw that, and I turned to my mom and said, that's what I want to play. And my dad leaned over and said, well, you could fit inside of that. You'll have to wait a little bit. So when I, soon enough, when I was in middle school, I started playing. Nice. And did you also do the marching band? I did. Um, I did it a little bit in high school and then a little bit here in, at BYU as well. So the question is, I, I've heard that there are, some, there are some ways that you can fit a tuba with a lead pipe that you can carry it to march, but usually people use the sousaphone. It was built to wrap around you. Oh, yeah. So there's two different types of marching tubas. One's called the contra, which is essentially like a concert tuba, but it's it's um, changed a little bit so the lead pipe so you can carry it up on your shoulder, hmm. um, almost like a bazooka. And then the... <laughs> the uh, and used to the same effect, maybe. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. 
And then the sousaphone is the one that wraps around your body and sits uh -huh. on your shoulder. So I always thought the sousaphone players in the marching band were lucky they didn't have to wear the giant feathered helmets. They got to just wear a beret because it wouldn't fit. The, the big hat wouldn't fit under the bell. Yeah, those feathered hats are kind of dorky anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember playing music at Christmas? Were you always in Christmas concerts? Oh, yeah. I think ever since probably seventh or eighth grade, you know, there's a Christmas concert. And, of course, Sleigh Ride is always on there. Um, and... That's continued the whole time that I've been playing. You know, I've done Tuba Christmas now for a couple of years. And I think my favorite thing to do around Christmas time, though, as far as playing, is um, we get a quartet of people from my high school and we go up to downtown Salt Lake and we play on Temple Square and we raise money for a charity that our high school um, raises money for every year. So, very cool. Very nice. Yeah. So, an important question we, we can't leave without asking you. Did you learn to spin the tuba? I haven't yet. Um, <laughs> I've done a couple things with um, standing up and playing and doing some shows like that. But okay. seems like you want to practice with someone else's tuba. Yeah, yeah, but definitely. It's too expensive <laughs> to to mess up. <laughs> so finally, uh, in with tuba Christmas, it seems like a lot of concerts. There's there's pressure to be perfect and right on and show how good you are. Is this seems like this is more? This is just for fun. Oh yeah, it's definitely the spirit of the of the holidays. Um, it's a great way to, I guess, reach out to the public and giving a free concert and how to share a little bit of holiday spirit with them. I Very guess. nice. Well, Nolan, we'll let you take your place. Get ready for uh, one of the pieces that you mentioned, Sleigh Ride. That's got to be on uh, just about every instrumental concert. That, uh, But I've, I really have never heard this on all tubas before. I do want to mention, here's your next tuba fun fact while they're getting their music in place. The largest tuba Christmas we know of was 502 players, and it happened in Disneyland, of course, somehow that seems like the right place. 2007, it's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Players came from eight different states. There was even the 72-year age difference between the oldest and the youngest tuba player at that particular event. Here we are with Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride. Thank you. 
Sleigh Ride performed on BYU Radio's Highway 89, a special tuba Christmas by a tuba and euphonium octet from BYU. Talking now with Stephen Mills, senior studying music education, a proud tuba playing member of the society since seventh grade. Since seventh grade. Wow. And so how far did you have to travel? Were you close by to that very first one? Oh, for at school? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I had to travel quite a we were like two miles away from the school, <laughs> okay, so, so walking to school is sometimes a pain. So where did you, did you first hear about this through a music teacher? Well, my uh, parents actually uh, played instruments uh, when they were in school, and so uh, when it came time for seventh grade, I had to pick between either dance class or, or a tuba, and I chose tuba. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing the contrabass today. How does that compare with the amount of air that you need to play with the other other sizes of tubas? Well, it requires a larger volume of air, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, a little more relaxed, uh, I would think, feeling uh-huh. as you're playing. So you guys get really good at gasping large amounts of air in a very short split second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. like between pieces. Um, I was going to ask about tuba players because the, the stereotype is that you get stuck in the band going... Oh, yeah. That's what my grandpa thought the entire time I played. (laughs) He says, you playing those oompapas? I was like, yes, grandpa. No, but this must be pretty fun to get to trade off and take turns on the melody. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's wonderful. It's it's really amazing how uh, lyrical a tuba can be. So... Are there any, when you play with an orchestra, are, are there certain pieces that you think, oh, yes, I love this because we get something besides just droning bass notes oh, or yeah. oompas? Yeah, Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> you get some oompas and you get some wonderful, beautiful things with it, too. You know, somebody must have written a, a concerto for contrabass oh. tuba. Oh, yeah. Ralph Vaughn Williams, he, uh, he wrote a concerto for us. It's pretty nice. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's filtering that you're not just stuck in the supporting role. Now, for music education, we did have, a, I think it was Nolan who said at four, age four he, he liked the tuba, but they said, you're, you're too small, we could put you in that. How big does your student have to be before you, you'll hand him a full-size tuba? You know, we can accommodate. When I first started playing in seventh grade, um, they gave me a phone book to sit on. So, you know, there, there's a way. We want, we want two players so badly that we'll make it work. We'll make it work. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're talking to Stephen Mills. He's studying music education. And we're going to hear in just a minute a, a Christmas jazz medley. And uh, one more tuba fun fact here. The lowest ever tuba in the world, like the lowest pitch it could play, pitched at F, Three octaves below middle C, commissioned for the World Exhibition in New York in 1913. I wish I had seen this because it took two people to play it. One person, their job was just to keep blowing air. And the other person, this must have been a heroic large person, the other one did the valves, which doesn't really seem fair. They got all the glory, I think. So here we are with our tuba octet, and euphonium octet, with a Christmas jazz medley. Thank 
a Christmas jazz medley arranged by Lenny Niehaus. You know, when I hear all of these brass instruments together, it reminds me of the tradition of the old British bands. Uh, you know, a factory would have its own brass band, and that kind of came over to the U.S. Somehow I just picture a British Christmas when I picture a, a brass band and when I hear a brass band. We are going to take just a minute now, and we're going to hear from a German-born British composer, George Friedrich Handel, and of course you know what piece we're talking about if we say Messiah. An arrangement of the Hallelujah Chorus. This is going to be a, a good workout, especially for our euphonium players to get up to the high end of the range. And this is an arrangement by David Saburin, the Hallelujah Chorus. Thank you. 
Well, they've done it. Our tuba and euphonium octet from BYU taking over the holiday song world. That was their rendition of none other than Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. It's all part of tubas going where tubas have never gone before at least since 1974, when the first tuba Christmas happened in Rockefeller Center, a tradition that now happens annually all over the USA, including here at BYU. Uh, Dr. Steve Call, thank you for not only organizing this, but you sat in for a student who couldn't be here. I think you were directing with your eyebrows. That's that's correct. And boy, are my eyebrows tired. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for bringing Thank you very much. What a great opportunity for these students to... Beyond the beyond the air, that's great. So on Euphonium today, we heard David Larson, Ari Coleman, Leahona Axelson, and Max Dobson. On bass tuba, Nolan Harris and Steve Call. On contrabass tuba, Stephen Mills and Truman Welling. If you're listening at home, you never have to miss an installment of the show. It's all archived online and on demand at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYUH89 for live show updates, information about upcoming shows, and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips like eight tuba players draining their spit valves at the same time. Highway 89 is a production... Oh, yeah, they're in water keys, yes. (laughs) Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, our student assistant is Abby Orlocker, and our producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Merry Christmas.